Good morning, everyone. And you distinguished people, all that you just heard is he. It does not matter. What matters is that we are sons and daughters of God. Sons and daughters of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we are all working out our salvation in fear and trembling. How I would like to be remembered is very simply that at my last moments of life, or even when I leave this earthly dwelling, people will simply say, he was a nice man. <laughs> and he tried to follow the teachings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So titles and accolades means nothing. That is by earthly standards. But we are the people of God. And our real judgment is by Jesus Christ, who did not come to condemn us, but to save us, to show us his mercy. So I invite you to please stand. Jesus, I trust in you as we welcome God's Holy Spirit in this place. As we gather in this place today, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Have, have your way. As we lay aside our own desires, sweep across our hearts with holy Bodies are the temple of God's Holy Spirit. We glorify in everything we do. We glorify. We glorify in everything we say. And have your way. This is your house. Your home. We welcome you. Lord, we welcome you. This is your house, your home. We welcome you today. This is your house. This is your house, your home. We welcome you. Lord, we welcome you. This is your house. 
eternal God. You are the God who is with us. You are Emmanuel God. So Lord God, we pray that you be with all of us, that you fill us, Lord, that we will stand firm, even if we are standing alone, so that we will be blessed now and forever. So Lord, show us your divine mercy because Jesus, we trust in you. In you. Amen. 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 So my dear brothers and sisters, my theme is to stand firm. And what we need to recognize is that we need to stand firm even if we are standing alone. So for our international guests and speakers, I am telling you now, that I'm going to use the Trinidadian dialect in certain parts of my talk, so it's not bad grammar. We need to appreciate our Caribbean culture. I'm going, but I will explain. But we need to appreciate who we are as a people. We need to appreciate the giftedness and talents that God has given to you and me. We did not choose him. He chose us. And we must always remember this. So therefore, God has chosen us. But will we accept him? Because, my dear brothers and sisters, many of us, sad to say, we know that God has chosen us. We know that God wants to bless us. But sad to say, we do not do the things to merit his blessings. We do not do the things to merit his goodness to us. And that is why he's such a divine father. A father slow to anger Bounding in love and mercy. So therefore, if we have to stand firm, we have to, first of all, ensure that the foundation is firm. Because you cannot stand firm on a shaking foundation. You cannot stand firm if the foundation is not secure. You cannot stand firm if the foundation is not a rock. And we know that our Lord Jesus Christ is a firm foundation. Are we going to be truly wise? In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7 we are reminded they are wise people and that they are foolish people. And the wise will build their houses. And as I said in that 
opening song to the Spirit that we are the temple of God's Holy Spirit. So this is our first house. So therefore, we need to build our houses on a firm foundation. And the foundation is Jesus Christ. And if we fail to build our foundation on Jesus Christ, we are really foolish. We don't like to hear it. But that is the truth. And what do we say? The truth offends. So my dear brothers and sisters, are we really foolish or wise? Because we certainly foolish if we don't turn to our Lord Jesus Christ. And we claim him as his foundation. And what we are to remember, it does not matter how you were in the past. The past is already gone. It does not matter the future. You are not in the future yet. God is in the future. What matters most is the present. And I think that is why they give it the name present. Because God is giving us a present. And the present is what we do now really matters. Because what we do now will shape our future. And what we do now would create the past. So it does not matter who you are. Whether you think you are a saint or a sinner. Because right now, now is a moment of grace. Now is a moment of divine mercy. So what type of past will you create? You could create a past, well, I am a sinner, but I am walking forward with the divine mercy of Jesus Christ to become a saint. And every saint that looks back will see my past, I was a sinner. So therefore, in this present reality, we need to look forward and see that our future is ready to be a saint. So therefore, before we begin any journey, there must be a starting point. It must be a starting point. And the starting point is to stand on the firm foundation. Are you ready to stand on Jesus? Whose side are you? But you don't want to lean because you have to stand firm. I will tell you how you're going to lean. You are going to lean because in our local parlance, we say empty paper bag can stand up. Because empty paper bag could be on a firm foundation. But depending on what comes, it is going to blow down. It's going to lean. 
So therefore, since empty paper bag cannot stand up, we need it filled. But in order to fill it, and we want to fill it with what is good, because in a foundation, if you start a bill, and you're going to build a pillar on that foundation, if you don't put the right material in it, what will happen to the pillar? The pillar will lean. The foundation, good. But the pillar is leaning. So first of all, we need to empty to be filled. You with me so far? So therefore, nobody have to judge you. Nobody have to judge you. You have to judge yourself. That is what the Lord expects of us. Because the best judge is yourself. Because you and you alone know what you have done. What you failed to do. What you should do. What you ought to be doing. You know it. So therefore, the things in your life that needs to be emptied. Now, now, the beautiful words that open up the Lenten season, the first reading of Joel. Now, 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 the present moment is to return to the Lord. Emptied to be filled. Because if you're already full There's no room to put anything in. But God wants us to fill us. And this is how God is going to fill us. He's going to fill us and he wants it brimming over, overflowing. So some of you, when you go away and you want to send back a barrel to your people back at home, because you only pay for the barrel. You don't pay for the quantity inside. What do you do? You start to fill the barrel. You shake it. You press it down. You shake it again to get as much in. And then you say, okay, now I'll send the barrel. Well, God himself, the word of God, God wants to shake us. And he shakes us by recognizing us. Whether or not you're on a firm foundation, whether you are empty paper bag, what you're filled with, he's going to shake, he's going to press, he wants to fill you. But first of all, you have to get out the things that are not supposed to be there. As I said, no one should tell you what it is. You should inform yourself. And how are you going to inform yourself? I will leave you hanging, you know. You will hear in the Lenten readings, especially as you journey through Lent, you will hear this phrase, this expression that our Lord and Savior is going to use. You have learnt. 
you will hear that expression coming up over and over again. Those of you at the Holy Mass today, you will have heard it in the gospel. You have learned tomorrow's gospel, the transfiguration. You're going to hear it again. You have learned yesterday's reading about being reconciled, one with your brother. You would have heard, you have it learned. Because the reality is, we learn many things. But the things that we learn are good and bad. Not everything that you have learned is good. Not everything you will continue to learn will be good. Our brother in front here checking to see if that is the expression. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yes. So, therefore, what have you learned? Good things or bad things? And how would you really know whether it is good or bad? The catechism of the church teaches us that we are to inform our conscience. But we could also have an erroneous conscience. That we think something is good, but it's really bad. And sometimes the things that we think bad are really good. So the things that we have learned, how do we really know whether there is good or bad? There must be a measuring. So what are you going to measure goodness and badness with? And the answer is so obvious that Many people don't recognize it. First of all, I will say this. The answer is the Ten Commandments of God. That is the reality. Many people treat the Ten Commandments like an option. But the Ten Commandments are God's rule from generation to generation. It is unchangeable. It is unshakable because the Ten Commandments, it is sealed in stone, in tablets. It's on a firm foundation. It cannot be shaken. And many people try to shake it. But that is our measurement of what is really good and what is really bad. So therefore, the things in your life and my life, and I'm not excluding myself, because all have sin, and the wages of sin is that. That is the reality. So therefore, the measuring of goodness and badness, we line it up with the Ten Commandments. That is why the wisdom of the church says, and calls it an examination of conscience. Because your conscience can be erroneous. What you think is good is really bad. And what is bad is really good. So you have to examine it. You have to measure it. Because the foundation firm. But you're not firm. So therefore, Jesus in his wisdom... The first four of the commandments, he says, I'm going to make it easy for you. Love God. And the other six, 
He said, love your neighbor. So if you can't remember the 10, you measure your life by the things that you are doing. Is this really a genuine response to the love of God? Because St. Augustine has taught us, when you love God, you can do as you want. Do as you please. Because if you are genuinely responding to Almighty God, you will not be breaking the commandments. You will be standing on a firm foundation. And although you may be standing alone, you will not be shaken and you will not fall. So are we really responding to God's love? The beautiful part of God's love that many people fail to recognize, the high point of God's love is this. Many of us, and I want you those who are writing to hear it, quote it, put it up before you. Feelings are not to control us. Feelings are only to inform us. But many people allow their feelings to control them. They don't allow the feelings to inform them. The great love of God is this. Jesus is dying on a cross. He's dying. He's in grief. He's grieving. He already predicted that I will suffer grievously and be put to death. Our Lord and Savior, he wasn't feeling good. When you're in pain and sadness... You're feeling good? No. And sometimes we only bounce our toe. And that feeling, we enter into sin. But Jesus is not feeling good. But yet still, what does he do? He did what was good. He standed firm, and he is firm. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Jesus did good. Because he didn't allow the feeling to control him. The feeling informed him. And we see this throughout. Because with Pilate, interview the interview with the Sanhedrin. Jesus wasn't feeling good. They slapped him. They did all sorts of things. They tried to ridicule him. But Jesus made it say that you really have no power over me, you know. He did not allow the feeling to control him. Many of us allow the feelings to control us. And we know this what do we also say in our local palace? Don't let me put God out of my head. That should tell you already from the moment when that feeling started boiling, you say, Don't let me put God out of my head. Because you know, without God in your head, but God really is supposed to be in your heart. But if God is not in your head and heart, in your entire being, 
you're going to fall into sin. That is why the greatest love of God is his divine mercy. Jesus is not feeling good. He's in the worst of suffering. But yet still, the example of love he has given to humankind is Father forgive. He shows mercy. That is why when people hurt us, even if they hurt us grievously and we're in pain and suffering, don't let the feeling control you because you will not forgive. And God forgive those who forgive. So our firm foundation is Jesus Christ. He's the one who loves. He's a God who loves. So if we have to fill ourselves, we have to recognize the love that God has given to us. And we need to give it back. That is why he said with the woman who came to him, what did the scribe and Pharisees say? If you only know who is touching you. And you know who this woman is. But Jesus says, because she has received great mercy. So she will give great mercy. You who now, now, who needs great mercy. And I'm not ashamed to, to say I need great mercy. Because I want to make sure I go to heaven. So therefore, all of us who need the mercy of God, will we show mercy when it is our time? Because that is how the devil will trap us. Because we want forgiveness, but we don't forgive. It is hard to forgive when people hurt us. And we say that to God. God, I know it's hard. I'm pain. I'm sadness. But Lord, I need your divine mercy. So Lord, heal me of the pain, the sadness, whatever. Heal me, Lord, so that I can show the mercy that needs to be shown. Because I know, Lord, I have to do it. Not that you want to do it, you know. You have to. That is why the second commandments resemble the first. You are to love your neighbor. Because how can you say you love almighty God when you do not love the people you're seeing and the God you're not seeing your love? So that is why our great test, you know, when we pray that prayer, we often use, lead us not into temptation. I love the literal translation of the Bible, which says, Lord, do not put us through the test. And you know what the great test, I believe, is? It's the love neighbor. Because some people are hard to love. And it's even harder when it is a family, when people should know better. And they hurt you because you'll forgive a stranger, you know, they say that they know me. But when somebody who is dear to you, that is why we need to empty ourselves, cry out for the mercy of God. And God will fill us with what is good. And when people come to us, for forgiveness, we empty them so that they too will be filled. That is our duty. 
Jesus, I trust in you. Those words are easy to say. Easy to say. Not so easy to live. Because if we really trust in Jesus, Jesus is the one who says, call God Father, our Father. Jesus is the one who says, do this in memory of me. Jesus is the one who says, repent. Because we often see the lines for communion long. And the lines for confession short. Are we saints already? I think as long as we are on earth, we should really be seeing ourselves as a journey to become a saint. People may call you a saint, but you know yourself. Be true to thy self. So therefore, our motivation, because what we learn, what we learn may be good and bad. So our motivation is always love. So even if you forget the Ten Commandments, you can't even remember the two. Jesus said, I have given you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So therefore, our measurement becomes this now. You don't measure anyone with any human being. Because as long as you measure them with the human being, you'll find faults and you may walk away always feeling better. But if you measure yourself to Jesus, that's a different kettle of fish. You might see yourself as a dim reflection. But that is okay because the Lord, like St. Paul, St. Paul described himself like that first, you know, I am a dim reflection. But then eventually, Paul is going to say some brave words. And we need to understand why he could say these brave words. Paul began the early letters of Paul. So you're not in Bible class, so I'm not going through all of it. But Paul says, I am a dim reflection of the Lord. And then after, later down in his ministry, Paul is going to say, imitate me as I imitated Christ. How did Paul jump? Why didn't he simply say imitate Christ? Because Paul have arrived at a place and shortly after this, Paul's life ended on earth. Because he reached a place where he was like Christ. That is why, so anybody who will use the excuse, well, Christ was divine and he had, no. Well, Paul is now saying, well, I was human. You know I was a wretch. Amazing grace that saved a wretch like I. But I experienced divine mercy. And if this could happen to me, what is your excuse now? What is really our excuse? We cannot make excuse for sin. Right is right, wrong is wrong. We love to live in the shades and in the shades that is dangerous when we make things relative. Because if things are relative, it's not no longer a firm foundation. That is what the commandments of God is for us. It is our firm 
foundation. And Jesus brought it from 10 to 2 to 1. So therefore, the simple question is then, we should ask ourselves before we speak words, before we perform any action, what will Jesus do? And if Jesus does it, well, go right ahead and do it. And if you know Jesus ain't going to do it, put on your running shoes and run. Because we need a firm foundation. And after the firm foundation, are we firm? What are the things in your life you need to empty? I'm going to conclude with a story that all of us know from the synoptics. And it may not be this, but the Lord is going to speak to us because the Lord wants to fill us. But we need to be emptied. There was a rich man. He asked the question, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord says, have you kept the commandments? And he got very excited. And he says, since my very youth. So he knew the firm foundation. But then it comes to him. And the Lord said, there is one thing I ask you to do. One thing. What is that one thing the Lord is asking you and I to do? We know as a general group, we know the answer is the Lord will always ask us to place our trust in him. We know as a general group, the Lord will say, do the will of my father. But there is one thing that the Lord wants you to learn. That is why there are different vocations in life, and there are vocations within the vocation. What is that one thing? The Lord may be, the Lord may be asking you today so that you will truly be filled. It may be to let go of a person. It doesn't mean that you stop loving the person, you know. But the Lord knows that this person is causing sin in your life. A clear example. If the person is a deputy essential. <laughs> a deputy essential means someone outside the marriage bond. It may be that you are struggling with your gender. That is okay. Because it doesn't stop you from loving. So the Lord will say, love everyone. But... The activity of love comes about in the marriage bond. Because the outcome is procreation. You never take a plumbing fitting. Imagine if you go to a plumbing fitting, a male and male will work. If you call it fitting binary, how that going? Who will understand that? We need to be true to thyself. And that is a firm foundation to come up to a place to truly trust in Jesus. 
to know the truth, to live the truth, so that you will experience eternal life. So what is the Lord asking you today? So we conclude now, and I invite you to please stand before my timers here start to give me all kind of signals. <laughs> I just want you to close your eyes in, the, in this song. So you don't join in the singing. The choir, that is their function now. This is my desire. And then I will pray over you, and that will bring the end of my talk. So as they sing, this is my desire. Ask the Lord. Because we always tell the Lord what our desire is. But today, you are going to ask the Lord. Lord, what is the desire you want of me? This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. your people are before you. They stand on the firm foundation knowing that you are their rock, their fortress, their stronghold. You Lord our strength and Lord we know that we have sinned and fallen short of your glory but you sent your son into the world not to condemn us but to show us great mercy so that we will one day be with you in glory. So Lord, your son is the way, the truth, and the life. So Lord, we know the only way is to face the truth. So Lord, help us to face the truth of our lives. Help us to face the truth of the situation that confront us so that we, Lord, will journey on a path to holiness. Lord, on Ash Wednesday, we receive your ashes. Let that ash speak to us. Let it be a constant reminder to us to avoid sin and grow in holiness. So Lord, we have many desires. And you already know the desires of our hearts even before it reaches our lips. But Lord, 
as we journey through this conference, Lord, speak to each and every one of us. Speak to your people, Lord, that they will come to a place to know your desire. What is your desire, Lord, for us? We know that your desire is for us to be with you in glory. But Lord, what is your desire for us? And now all of us can join in the singing. This is my desire. This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us. I trust in you. And when Mary, our mother, Cover each and every one of us under her mantle of love and prayer. So, Holy Mary, Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. 